Besides your hand, has there been any other, you know, any big injuries or any other injuries? Yeah, actually, I got I got um, stage five kidney failure. Calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. Welcome back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. I'm here. Dave's here. AJ's apparently still lost in the islands, but he's out there. Enough cracking people over the head with coconuts. Yeah, he's having fun, Mark. And speaking of AJ, this week we are talking Mm. the 531, the most polarizing people in wrestling. And before we start this, I'm going to start with a couple of definitions because, in hindsight, we probably should have done did this when we put out the list. Mm. Now, dictionary.com has polarizing as tending to divide people into sharply opposing factions. The Cambridge Dictionary has it as to cause something, especially something that contains different group, different people or opinions, to divide into two completely opposing groups. And polarizing figures or people in wrestling, that's not an uncommon thing, would you say, Dave? Nope, not at all. I think you just segue pretty good. We're talking about our boy AJ. <laughs> AJ, if you're hearing this, you know he's a bit polarizing. Some people love him, some people hate him. And yeah, that's not very uh, uncommon. And hey, truth be told, some of the most interesting people are usually polarizing. I would say it's almost important in wrestling when you want to get cheered by some people, booed by others. And wow, I didn't even put that together till right now. You would have thought it, you would have thought it would have come up as we were putting this together. But I, I think we like to fly by the seat of our pants lately. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing you can want in the wrestling business, they always say, is silence or as a performer. You know, you want that emotional reaction one way or the other. So if you're reacting. You're doing something right. Yes, sir. Now, the first list I got from Tracy Warobe of the Mothership Group on Facebook. Tracy. They have Paul Heyman, mm. Hulk Hogan, Sadly Cornette. You got to remember, this is the Mothership Group. That's the Brian Last and mm. Jim Cornette family podcast. Bruce Pritchard and Bill Watts. Oh. I, I mean, Sadly Cornette, I can see that's definitely coming from like a huge Cornette fan mm-hmm. but i mean i think it's obvious that Cornette's polarizing just listen to him talk he can't talk without a certain amount of people hating every word he says yet there's another group that loves it i, I think Cornette's so definitely, much. definitely polarizing uh, you have to include him on the list because there's yeah he's got he's he's, he's like the epitome of it <laughs> there are so many people that are loyal to Cornette and love him and there's so many people who think he's the worst thing ever so, yeah, you know what's interesting on that list? My list that I have come up, I don't think I've seen Bill Watts, and I thought that was a pretty good one that he mentioned there, too. Because Bill Watts is definitely considered a legend in terms of booking and the Mid-South Territory, one of the greats. But obviously, he was known to be a bit of a hard-ass, and he also had some not-too-nice, well, he had some racist comments that got him fired from WCW. So, I mean, 
he's somebody that would be on that list for sure. In fact, I would say, I don't know if he's going to be on our list. Uh, I didn't put him down today, too. A guy I'm a big fan of, Jim Ross, I don't think was polarizing up until maybe the last, what, maybe five years? Maybe since New Japan a little bit, that run. But I would say he's polarizing now, too. Yeah, he's definitely turned the corner, and that's a little surprising because Mm -hmm. Jim Ross has always been like that standard bearer of wrestling, the one that like almost nobody has a bad word to say about. Unless, of course, you're an (laughs) ex-wife. You know, know, I think that's him polarizing. Maybe just the same thing with some of these people. They don't give a fuck to a certain extent. Like it's not that they won't say they're wrong or apologize, but if they think they're right. Or whatever, they're not going to be. They're not. They're the kind of people. Jim Cornette's the same way too. They're going to tell you what they think is right, and they're going to stand by it. And some people don't want to <laughs> deal. That's going to drive some people the wrong way. If we think you're wrong, <laughs> you know. Some yeah. people are like, well, I want to. Whose fault is it, Joe? <laughs> we need to know, right? And that's the thing. A guy like Jim Ross, Jim Cornette. No, I don't think I'm wrong. Or if they do, sometimes I think they will apologize. But sometimes they're like, ah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Jim Cornette still hasn't backed down on that joke that took him off NWA. And nope. some would view that as a bold position. And some would view it as Jim <clears throat> stating his position, standing up for what he believes in. And like we always say, sometimes the best villain believes they're doing the right thing, even though it goes opposed to your hero. Uh, my list first. I'm going to kick it off with my list. All right. I put down Eric Bischoff, one. Very polarizing to me, especially when I was younger. I hated Eric Bischoff. I thought he was just a piece of shit. Now I love the guy. You know, <laughs> I was a mark. You know, I was into it. I bought into it. Goldberg. Hated Goldberg. I know some people loved Goldberg back then, especially Goldberg was so popular. But now I'd say it's definitely more. I don't know if I'd go 50 50. But he's definitely got an audience that does not like Bill right now. They do not want him around. Vince McMahon. God, I mean, come on. How many people will like, Vince McMahon is the worst thing ever in professional wrestling. At the same time, you have his fans that are like, you know, we owe this all to him. And maybe some are both true, <laughs> you know? But I, I think you got to have Vince on that list. Jim Cornette, I said it before, got the definition of polarizing. He's a, he's a lightning rod for heat at the same time. He is beloved by his cornet following. And last, I got to put down Hulk Hogan. You talk about a guy that was so popular, maybe the most popular man ever in wrestling at one point. And now he's still got his fans, but he's definitely got people that know who he is and know some of the things he said and know. And then, of course, even behind the scenes, not even counting the racist stuff. Some of the stuff he said, this we found out over the years, political, that, you know, like that incident. Was, and I don't think the guy holds a grudge against him, but Undertaker, when Undertaker talked about when Hogan tried to claim that he stiffed him on that power driver and injured his neck. And you could clearly see Hogan's head never came close with a power driver. on yeah. the chair. So it's like, you know, stuff like that. You can see why Hogan definitely had his detractors, but he still got his fans too. How about what he did to Jesse Ventura when Jesse was trying to talk the guys into a union and Hogan was the one that alerted Vince to it. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I, I agree. But also, like, I ain't surprised by that. The guy who was making all the fucking money. Whoa, yeah. Hold on now, brother. <laughs> Jesse, easy brother. What do you think's going on? All right. I'm going to give you my list next because I think we podcast a little too much together because I've got Hulk Hogan. <laughs> sure. Obviously loved when we were younger. 
I mean, I think when he turned heel and went into the NWO, he wanted you to hate him. Yeah. And then when that sex tape and the racist comments came out, he really turned on him. And then <laughs> been the dude is such a gimmick. It's almost hard to get back to where he was. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like that one girl that you keep going back to because you're like, oh, I got a soft spot for you, girl. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's our weak point because he was our first hero. Dude, you know what's funny? And I had to cut you off, but I was just thinking about because you said gimmick. And um, I was just realizing, too, like, God, I mean, we're not going to do it here, but like polarizing people in general. I mean, just look at our president and our last president. Like, <laughs> you talk about division, right? People are so passionate against either for or against Biden or for or against Trump. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, polarizing people, that's just, God damn. It could be like, anybody because yeah. if if you're like a well-rounded person, you almost have like this whole piece of your personality that some people are going to like, some people aren't going to like. Oh, and yeah. it's... I got an exit out. <laughs> I had to pay her to get rid of that house. Everybody else in my circle loves me. She don't love me. <laughs> tell you right now. <laughs> That's the lost interview we got to get. But next up, we got obviously Vince Russo. His yeah. writing. I, it's really argued to this day. Did he take WWF to the heights that it was at? Did he kill WCW to the lows that it was at? Were all the bad ideas his? Like, there's a lot that comes with Russo. Obviously, Vince McMahon is on this list because if you ask most people, he's the person that killed wrestling, mm-hmm. killed territories, killed yeah. everything that made it what it was. To some, he is the birth of wrestling. He is, we talked about it the other week. He's the Coca Cola. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the Kleenex. The, He's the name brand to that thing that we watch. And then I'll, get, I'll go one step further too. What about the stories you hear about Vince hiding scandals, Jimmy Snooker, right? All that stuff on a personal level. Done. But then what about the other rare stories you hear too, where it's like, you know, Trevor Murdoch calls Vince, Harley Race is sick and he's dying. And they fly out his family to go see him like at the last minute, you know? So it's like, you hear so many polarizing stories about Vince. So it's like, how does he not? Just yeah, he gave there? these old timers jobs, kept mm-hmm. them on probably. I mean, granted, it was an agreement. You make an agreement, you live up to it. But I mean, he kept a lot of guys on for a long time and has made sure people got paid. He's taking right. care. For all the people that he hasn't taken care of, there's just as many, I would argue, that he has. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a complex individual. Go ahead. I'm now, sorry. number five on my list, I doubt is going to pop up on anybody else's list, but Jim Barnett. Interesting. You know, yeah. getting back a little into wrestling history, he was a mm-hmm. man, power broker for Georgia Wrestling, Crockett. He was in WWF. He has been the reason people have gotten jobs places. He's the reason people have not gotten jobs He went to Australia when a sex scandal broke out in the U.S. because of him. As many people that talk about him as good, we hear like Jim Ross talking about he liked the dirt. He liked to share things like that. And I mean, Tommy Rich's NWA title run, some would argue he... He had to do a little extra work for that job. So that's the story. That's rumor and innuendo, sir. We'll see. And my honorable mention, because Dark Side of the Ring re-premiered last night. Oh man, I thought we were gonna get this at some point, but go ahead. And if you were not familiar with wrestling history, 
Ric Flair. I mean, liked him in the ring, hated him in the ring. We've liked him for years outside of the ring, and let's see if there's going to be some let's, backlash. Let's take I'm going to argue one thing, though. People are going to act like we didn't know that he was helicopter in his dick years ago. Walking with the robe. Let's let's have a quick sidebar here because this fucking conversation is going to get. I mean, it, all right. So you can't somebody touch your dick. I think. That's yeah. Good. So all right. So for anyone who didn't watch it, the story goes, and I think the story is legendary. Of Rick doing this countless of times. Yeah. Rick would put on his robe, have no clothes. And then he'd go to um, an, a flight attendant. Yeah. And he'd whip, he'd go, woo. And he'd whip the dick out and went apparently well endowed. And supposedly everybody laughs and has a good fucking time and they're hooting and hollering and ruling. And sometimes Flair even has slept with these women, supposedly. Now, that was not this fucking story. So this is the flight from hell, the plane ride from hell, they always call it, where so much shit went on this plane. This is a plane where Michael Hayes got his ponytail cut off. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning supposedly almost went through the emergency door. Yep. Yeah. Now, I will say, I will take Ombridge with one thing, and it's not a bad thing. I, I think the lady said, you know, these are big men. Could they have gone through the wall? Well, they can go through a wall in a house. Why not an airplane? I don't think airplanes are built that way. No disrespect. Um, I, think- I don't know. If you're hitting that emergency exit, who knows? Guy goes up against it. He's bracing as he hits back, falls, pulls something. They're not going to bust through it, just a pop, pop. Right, 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 right. But I mean, right. shit, somebody tripped th- near the emergency I thought she exit. Said, I, I thought she said that they that. wouldn't go through the emergency door. It would take a huge thing. But they could have maybe gone through a like the wall, which I, that's what I was like. I don't know about that. I would think these airplanes are built pretty fucking sturdy that two men are going to go. And that's the side point. We're rambling. ADD brain. Anyway, here's the thing. So Flair apparently does this gimmick to the flight attendant, and she was not happy. Now, of course, it doesn't end there. Supposedly, Flair goes up to her and is cornering her and asking her to asking her to touch it, and very uncomfortable. I got. Yeah, tell she you. described it as being in the galley where you get drinks, and if you think of your average plane, sure. that little corner yep. that they get drinks in, right? Maybe double the size of it given the plane. But that's still a small area to be having a dick forest on you, especially you got a back up against your wall. Dude, no. and that's not even do, you'd almost have to touch the dick to run past it. It doesn't even sound as bad as the Scott Hall story, too. The difference with Scott Hall was I, Scott was fucking drugged out of his fucking mind, where Scott apparently did grab this fucking woman, too, and said he was going to, like, lick her and some other thing. But he just passed the fuck out. I got to pause was- downstairs. I was just about to watch that part. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, it's compelling. Spoiler alert. Really. No, I but mean. Anyway. It, my point is, like, Flair is obviously, after this episode, I'm going to say it's going to even be more polarizing because there's going to be a lot of people that aren't happy with him and some of the people who are on his plane. Tommy Dreamer did not come off well last night, and I've never had an issue with Tommy, but Tommy came very cold about the idea. Tommy basically said, you know, that would never have. I've never seen Rick do that. He would never do that. And of course, Rob Van Dam in the very next clip. Yeah, I remember when Rick was like, you know, it sounded like it was fucking like Rick James. <laughs> yeah. his, you know, I was like, holy shit. Now, there's another part of the end. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't want to fucking ruin it for you now. But, <laughs> no, but I don't anyway, want to ruin it. it. But basically, they said it's not like, a, like they settled like, a lawsuit out. Like she got money for it. And she talked about that. She wasn't really because there's another flight attendant who got money for it too, and she said, you know, she didn't even really want to talk about this, but she ended up, you know, she just 
her husband and her wanted, you know, said take the money, but it was like that's not what it was about. And of course, Tommy Dreamer calls her out on it and says, "Well, she cared that much for truth and justice. Maybe she should have took the payday." And I was just like, "Man, that's a callous fucking thing to say, Tommy, because you don't know what you would have done. You're not some smaller fucking person that somebody's cornering." Whatever. Well, anyway. yeah. Also, you're on a plane. Like your main thing is like serving drinks. You're not supposed to be like an air marshal. Obviously, you have right. authority that should be respected. But that they deserve the money because one, they got assaulted, and two, yeah. it's they just went over and above what was it? The situation went over and above what was expected. So how are yeah. they supposed to handle it? So it shows you too uh, <laughs> alcohol can be a hell of a thing, folks. These guys were on the fucking alcohol and drugs. They were alcohol's a hell of a jug. Yeah. <laughs> Seven right. hours. Go ahead. We got <laughs> Dave, you want to go on to our next list? Fuck, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give another list here. Jake St. John, the man who uh was well, we had this list. It's his Night idea. With diamonds available on Amazon. Hit it with it. All right, he's got Goldberg. Kind of exciting in the nineties, but it's twenty twenty one. Vince Russo and Bischoff. He has them tied for four. Oh, no. Vince and Bischoff is tied for four. Number three is Russo. Number two, Hulk Hogan. I don't have to explain this, right? That's <laughs> Jake. And number one, Randy Orton. One second I love him, the next he's an asshole. It's brilliant. <laughs> and that's weird because I'd say earlier in Randy's career, he would be polarizing as a person. It mm -hmm. seemed like he's worked his way into just being more polarizing as a character, a which, is, yeah. which is good because, right. I mean, as we've seen, if you're polarizing as a person in wrestling, shit, at worst, you're raping and whipping your dick out. Worst off, like, you're just making bad jokes. Right. right. I mean, I'd better have you polarizing as a performer and a character and just think, man, this guy sucks. I'll change the channel. Then to find out that you might be this monster behind the scenes. Now, I know exactly. Like our, like our podcast per personas here. We don't really think these things. We just no. say them for giggles. We don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a speech impediment. All right. Anyway. Now, my next list, Paul Stewart from the Mothership Facebook group. He's mm. got Ole Anderson. Vince McMahon, Chris Benoit, Fritz Von Erich, Jim Cornette. That's a good one. I like that Fritz inclusion. Fritz. It's funny. Okay, here's the bad thing about this, all right? When we're talking about the negative part of this. He's of the this, one Nazi that we wanted to like, except when he fed his own kids to the wrestling business. I didn't that, man. What about that heart attack angle he came up with, too? <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm dying. <laughs> Dude, that's like fifth on the list. There's real deaths that were like worse <laughs> yeah. than that. I actually read something on Facebook the other day from... One of the Von Eric kids. It wasn't Ross or Marshall. Oh, Lance? But they, <laughs> no, not Lance. <laughs> but it was, they were talking about the day that their Uncle Chris died, that he had, like, called their dad. And, you know, they were talking, and this kid was on the phone with his uncle and said something, and his uncle was just like, I love you, just, you know, tell him to get a hold of me. And then later that afternoon is when they found the sleeping bag off on the ranch. And... Mm. God, you really don't think about how polarizing Fritz von Erich is until you get into that. Not a lot of us know his glory time or when he was big. We're just familiar with the dirt and everything after. The dirt. <laughs> Shout out to that Jim Barnett on your list, too, by the way. Oh, we got another deep cut on here, which almost inspired my Jim Barnett cut. But give us your next list. All right. I got 
from the mothership as well, Derek Austin, who currently would say CM Punk, not even close. An all-time, I think he has here, it looks like Piper and Flair and Funk. And that's all we had on the list. Now, again, I don't know, assuming, I think there's a misunderstanding and polarizing because like, okay, you can make an argument CM Punk's on that list, I guess, but I don't think so. And especially if you're talking about currently, I think he's one of the most popular guys of all time, which I think that some people might have thought this meant. I'm wondering if the polarizing comes because some people are mad that he wouldn't return to WWE, but will return to AEW. So That's it's fair. almost like, oh, you fucking with them? You dead to me now. That's fair. And there's a lot of that nowadays, too, where it's like you got to be on one side or the other. right? I just don't want to think that our fans don't understand what polarizing means. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can barely talk, and I understand it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, if Dave's got it, he can even use it in a sentence. Mm-hmm. AJ's got Hashimoto's disease, and he gets it. <laughs> That's why he's going to the island for those Andy Kaufman treatments. Easter eggs in there. Easter eggs. If AJ actually listens, we got tons of Easter eggs in here. Anyway. I know. I feel like we'll know the day he listens when he gets mad. Like, he's back. What the fuck? Down the road. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Rent money's due. <laughs> now, Dave, we have a returning favorite, friend of the show, Dave Fabe. He's got Nick Gage, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, mm. Vince Russo, Vince McMahon, and then Jake Rules in effect. He's got Jack Pfeffer. Now, for Ooh. anybody that doesn't <laughs> know Jack Pfeffer, he is one of those old-time promoters, if you go... Early 1930s, like around the gold dust trio time. Okay. The reason I would say he's popular is because he did so much to project the business and get us to where we're at. But he is also known for the ripoff names. Like, let's say Buddy Rogers was a popular wrestler of the day. He would have Bummy Rogers. So you would almost look and be like, oh, man, Buddy Rogers is on this show. Mm. You know, and then he'd get you to buy a ticket, almost carny you in the door by like a misappropriation of names. So I thought that was an interesting pick. That is an interesting pick. Uh, So uh, Nick Gage, too. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because Nick Gage represents deathmatch wrestling, which is polarizing in itself, I guess. Yeah, same with Joey Janela. I would say they're kind of both in that GCW Mm -hmm. area where Joey Janela took GCW to a point and then went on to AEW to kind of be that big time indie guy where Nick Gage king of the death match king of the indies and is just keeps taking GCW higher and higher getting them more notoriety sidebar who's the bigger star right now Joe Janela or Nick Gage no Nick Gage is the hotter commodity I don't know if his paycheck says it but I feel he's got more buzz it's gotta be Nick Gage because Joey Janela is not getting that TV time if he were on TV every week on TNT sure I would say so, but even if he's big on dark and dark elevation, that's just about that GCW level. Sure. It was like AEW, they put a lot into these extra shows, but it's not getting the most buzz. Right. I got also from the mothership here, speaking of buzz, Andrew Armstrong. He's got Vince McMahon, Vince Russo, Hulk Hogan. Uh, let's see, he always got four. And uh, one more, and I, I actually thought about this one, the fabulous Moolah. Now, the reason why I didn't end up putting Moolah on my list was because I didn't think Moolah was that popular. I didn't think, you know what I mean? Like, she was obviously hated, 
but she was a villain for most of her career. And then obviously the stuff that came out later on that we found out possibly that now I'm going to say possibly with this one, because there's so many like reports that go back and forth on this one, but pimping out women and stuff like that. And yeah, but more, more I, I said more does fit. So I possibly. read a great book called sisterhood of the squared circle and okay. It's it's a fine line with Moolah because she took women's wrestling from being like a sideshow attraction where it was equated with midget wrestling at the time where they would have a match featured on the show and right. that's it. And guys like Lou Thez at the time were reported not to want to work shows where women were featured. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Moolah got girls to the WWF. She got them. They went other places. The flip side of that is she kept a stranglehold on her commodity. And whether or not she pimped out women, it's not like it wasn't happening with other promoters. Mm-hmm. Not That doesn't make it okay at all. But it's almost like she was trying to take it back for herself. And I'm sure felt, I'm sure she felt vindicated in that. What's interesting about Moolah's case, and why I'm always a little skeptical, is because there were a good amount of people that came forward about Moolah, but also there were people who stuck up for Moolah. But the thing was, the people who stuck up for Moolah were some people who actually hated Moolah. They actually said, they actually were downgraded Moolah. And if you look at Dark Side, I can't remember the lady wrestler who it was, but there was one who very was clear did not like Moolah, but said, no, I don't recall Ooh. anything like that ever happening. Yeah, I believe, oh man, I wish I could remember now. I believe yeah. he had the Native American given. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, princess something. Uh, so, when, but when you hear that kind of contradiction, I'm not still not saying it happened because some of these poor people they sound you know. So I, I guess maybe I'd, I'd be curious. I bet you there's more to this story that we're never gonna know. You know, like you know, I, and this is just spitballing. Who knows? Maybe she was involved in this, but maybe there's elements that some people don't know, and maybe there's other people involved. It'd be well, think about it too. She was a woman that got to a level of popularity in a time where not a lot of women did. Right. And when you know driven women, they have that personality that's going to get you places, but it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. So polarizing, <laughs> polarizing exactly. <laughs> this now, bitch. <laughs> exactly. Now we got shit. I'm going to give it to a man of God right now because Tyler Peters list on us. <laughs> Thank God. When I asked him, he goes, "I'm going to need a minute." And he talked, he took, I would say, a good half hour to think about it and then got me a list. And I'll be damned if he didn't deliver. Obviously, Vince McMahon is on that list. Eric Bischoff. Now, anybody that knows Tyler Peters knows that he's a Jim Cornette guy. Cornette's third on his list. Then you got the northern version of Cornette. Paul Heyman is on. Paul Heyman. Yeah. And then Don Callis, a man who I would say. If you look at what he's done with Impact and his Killing the Town podcast that he had with Lance Storm, he got over huge with those two shows. His on-screen persona, any of his on-screen personas people have hated over the years. Mm-hmm. And this is a man who I would say divides people right down the middle. I'm going to disagree a little bit. I'll tell you why. I think Don Callis is more of just a straight-up heel. I think there's some good stuff he's done. But I don't know if he gets the complete credit he deserves for that. However, he's polarizing in the sense of a character because he's just a pure heel. 
he's really good at it, and he's really good at getting people to dislike him. We're also at the age now where the heels are cheered, so when you're that good a heel like MJF, you get that weird reaction. When I, you I, really him, yeah. I will say, you know, this is a great just heel. I don't know if he'd be so polarizing, but I think I'd put him with Don Callis. Oh, God, why am I breaking out his name? American Top Team. Dan Lambert. Uh, Dan Lambert, thank you. I'm going to call him Jim Lambert. Yeah, Dan Lambert, he's been fucking just, I think, great as a pure heel. So I don't know. Yeah, he's highly entertaining. I saw him do that deal in Impact. I loved it the first time he did it. He's done it in MLW. He is mm-hmm. a great character. You could argue he's polarizing though, because he's a very respected man in like mixed martial arts and stuff, and his team is very well respected. So I mean, it's there, but he knows how to play heel. Yeah, and if you look at what he's doing, he's just he's base at the very base level. He's just doing cornet, and it's working, being the most polarizing man. But he believes game. it. Like he is that old school guy. Oh like, yeah. He used to pay for like dinners and sponsor guys like Stan Hansen and stuff like that. He was one of those guys that would sponsor you. He has money and he would take his friends out and they would go on dinners to meet like wrestling legends just to have a good time and hear the stories. So, oh, yeah. He's got a belt collection and everything. Oh, yeah. You can tell in his promo game that he is a real fan of the sport. 100%. Now, I'm going to drop another list on you real quick because we got Jason Shane. You'll know him as the rapper Strife Bringing Chaos. And he's got Britt Baker, mm. Kenny Omega, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Interesting. Riddle, okay. and then as an honorable mention, the Lucha Brothers and Jungle Boy. All right. Ugh, get fucked. Uh- <laughs> Britt Baker, maybe a year ago, polarizing. Kenny Omega. I can see- heel. Omega, you could make an argument for. Because yeah. again, there's that WWE audience that probably doesn't. I don't see it with CM Punk. Old school. Not much. Maybe you could argue Punk before recently. I think there was some people that were pissed off. Remember back in the day, Agnew was pissed off at Punk when he went to do that Fox gig for WWE because it was a Fox job. But because he talked about that recently too, that he had he was not hired at all by WWE. Yeah. It was actually appointed him to actually make sure when you talk to Fox and Fox is like, no, we want to be very transparent here. We need someone who's going to be critical. Of course, yeah. the job didn't last, but there was somebody on his list. Danielson, I don't see. I no. Don't, Riddle. No, no. Lucha Brothers, I think the only argument you could make is the Lucha tag style where the tags aren't always on point, but I'm, re- I'm really reaching to find yeah, And Jungle Boy, what? You, just, you just hate 90210 and you're not going to let his dad like you're not going to let him outlive this one. Fuck this. Anyway, I got someone else from the mothership. I believe I got this from you. It looks like James Castillo. I'm going with that. He's got Brock Lesnar, which I can see. CM Punk. Maybe we're just going to have to accept he's polarizing. <laughs> Lex Luger, because the rest of this list makes sense. Roman Reigns and Hulk Hogan. I'll comment on Roman a little bit because I'm Roman, surprised Lex didn't get it more. Yeah, Lex definitely. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I agree with that. Lex Miss Elizabeth dies in your house, and you're not going to outlive it. I don't care if you can't stand up. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> stand so, up. Stay with your chest. Polarized. Roman Reigns, though, from terms of a character standpoint, here's a guy that was. A Are you going to hate a cancer survivor? They do. They hated him. Now he's a bad guy, and he's a lot more well loved and respected. But I think he still has some heat from the babyface days a little bit. And he's, he's, I would say, I don't know. It's interesting, right? He's, it's almost he's getting the same. This is an interesting part of wrestling, all right? Polarizing. John Cena for many years, same thing. 
come out as a baby face and they boo the shit out of them sometimes. Kill kids, love them. Women would love them. Fucking those 18 to 39 year old men. Fuck you, C. Now, fuck you. And now Roman, same thing. You know, even when he had cancer, they were, they were forgiven for a little while, but he came back. They're like, fuck this guy. Now, he's getting booed by like the kid stuff and maybe some of that men, but there's also a certain male audience that like love Roman. They love it when he talks shit. I'm one yeah, of- he's the Samoan badass. I, right. I think what's really coming through is the genuineness of his promos. He's not being scripted. Mm-hmm. You're hearing what's on his mind. But what I wanted to say was, just like Cena, regardless whether they were heel or face, people were reacting passionately. The buildings were always loud. Love you or hate you, those two both had star fucking qualities that made them polarize. 100%. Now, Christopher Nyron, I got this from the Wrestle Roast Facebook group. And I didn't realize till, I mean, I knew something was up with the list as I was reading through it. And then I was like, why the fuck did I put this in a comedy group? We got Glacier, Ice (laughs) Green, Al Snow, the Yeti. Polar bear. <laughs> I gave I gave it a laughing face emoji. I mean, dude, dude did his thing, but fuck, man. I just had to include that because when we were talking about people maybe not understanding polarizing, I'm like, but this dude just didn't understand shit. I got one from Twitter I want to throw out real quick. The million dollar, mm-hmm. I believe it's Elsman. Um, he actually asked me in terms of what overall. So I explained them. And then he said, Ah, okay. I definitely have to throw Jim Cornette on there, Ric Flair. And he said, most people are not divided, but he's very polarizing, he thinks. Although, that was before last night's episode. Yeah. And, I see uh, what the blowback is, because, I mean, I think with Ric Flair... He gets passed a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's years ago. I mean, not that it's okay, but it is Flair. And it's like, I, I don't know. I can't see it taking him down, but I also... Shit, maybe at this point he doesn't get that AEW contract. That may be the only thing that this costs him, honestly. Yeah, it's hard to say. I'm sorry, I'm just looking. He had one more on that list, too. He had Shawn Michaels, who didn't make a lot of people's list. You but. think Joey Ryan could sue him for the dick flip gimmick? <laughs> no. <laughs> or no, could he sue Joey Ryan, actually, because he, he started it earlier. I was going to say, Rick has got the shoot dick flick. That's the only difference. I just realized, too, as we're going through this, is it your turn for a list? Uh, yeah, I'll drop one on you. Well, because I, I, we, we actually had somebody in the Working Fans Podcast Facebook page. I'm not sure if you saw it. Ooh, so. no, I didn't. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get that Let's one. give them some shine. Yeah. So while you're doing that, let me just pull this up, because I did see this here. All right, I'll drop a quick list on you. We got Adam Singer. He's got John Cena. Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, Hulk Hogan, and Vince McMahon. Vince is one I definitely expected to see on more list, but if you want to get an accurate view of how the territories died, there's a great book out there called Death of the Territories, where the Death of the Territories, a part of it is Vince and what he did undercutting other people's TV deals, but it was also the rise of cable TV. The more TV branched out there, it was able to get to other territories. And like, for instance, people in the South could catch WWF TV. Now, buying the Georgia shares and trying to force his TV down there didn't help. Stealing a lot of Vern's top talent, that didn't help, especially when you take the top off that AWA and it's just vanilla underneath. 
Georgia Championship Russell was pretty quick to make that sale too. They were <laughs> take that money. God bless the Briscoe brothers. Though. God bless them, man. They got Tyler themselves Peters. some jobs too. <laughs> now, Jay Osorio, I believe that's how you say his name, from uh, the Working Fan Facebook page, commented: Hogan, Rock, Austin, Cena, Vince. Some people I would say yes. Some people I would wonder if you got. But I guess the Rock is the one that's showing me. I don't consider the Rock very polarizing. Like I guess the Rock very popular. Like people love the Rock. Yeah, I, don't I mean know, maybe if you want to factor in when he first started. You want to get the heel run? Yeah, yeah. The WWF trying to force him down our throats. Maybe, but yeah, that's a tougher one. And I okay. <laughs> I got another list here. Hold on, I I stopped in my tracks. I have to read this because friend of the show, Michael Caldwell. Let me see this, and I think maybe I didn't explain it, but again. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay, some of these could make sense. Hogan. This is what I think some people thought popular. Hogan, Rock, Andre, Flair. Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> no. Not I don't Ricky think anybody Steamboat. hates Ricky Steamboat. But no, that's what I'm saying. I think that some people must have thought this is like popularity or something. Because, no, Ricky Steamboat, absolutely not. He, he's not more of it. I mean, maybe we'd have to talk to AJ about that. Because he's such a fan of the heels maybe maybe he hated Ricky, but I, I can't see it. That's like somebody hating Bobby Eaton or something. Like, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. Anyway, pineapple head. That's all I'm thinking about. The old school managers would call him a pineapple head. Now, my next list, Adam Singer. He's got John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Oh, wait, I already read that. You just one. read that. I said, Adam's not here, this motherfucker hurry. I didn't check it off. I fucked up. Tyler <laughs> Schieffer got us a list this week. Ooh, from the burnt basement. Yeah, for water uniform man is. Shout out. He's got You're Hulk on that Hogan. Tim Storm interview. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> He's got Hulk Hogan. Yep. John Cena, CM Punk, Paul Heyman. Okay. And goddamn, like this was before Dark Side of the Ring, but Ric Flair maybe for the last. And like I'd say, up until Thursday, I would say it's strictly for the in-ring character and. Shit, I mean, if you want to talk about him fucking around on his wife, leaving his kids, you know, all that shit. Yeah, maybe you could put him on that list, but helicoptering your dick and making somebody touch it, that's not the way to go, is it, Dave? No, it's not. It's not a good move. <laughs> you don't want to do that at your uh, at your job or your family functions here. Now, I got Michael Flynn, who's got Ric Flair, Sonny, The Rock. Jim Cornette and superstar Billy Graham, who is, uh, I would say, is very polarizing. One of the most popular heels of all time back in the day. Trendsetter in the business. People like Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura. A lot would argue ripped off Billy Graham. That being said, um, Billy also is a polarizing guy who said some nasty things against Vince and WWE, but also just in the last few years, he had some negative comments about people like Kofi Kingston and people. Some racist comments, I would say, too. So, Billy, make that list. Yeah. Now, next up, friend of the show, co-host of regularly scheduled hostilities. If you're living in the Ohio area, you might be dropping off some FedExes to your place. Man, you're riding solo. Josh DeBoard, his list is off the top of his head. Steve Austin. Mm. The Rock, what? Sorry. <laughs> John Cena, Undertaker, and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, again, I'm not, some of those guys, maybe. Yeah, and there's, I, I, this is another one where it's... Does he actually see Steve Austin? I guess I could see that being polarizing, but the Undertaker, 
God, he hasn't really been polarizing that. since like yeah. the 90s. That one Joe Rogan comment, maybe. But yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. Dan Backley, he's got Rock, Austin, Hogan, Andre, and Flair. Dan Backley, who's part of the Cage, Cage My IQ. Cage My IQ on Twitter. Uh, that's right. Hell, look at you. <laughs> I was waiting to see. I'm like, how are you going to fuck up his show? But you were on it not too long ago. I know. I know. Shout out to back. You're like, I just come to this town. I don't know who the fuck you is. <laughs> but again, I don't know. I, 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 some of these people I could have got back to you probably a little bit better. But I, I don't know about Andre. I just I always thought Andre was so universally loved. I guess you could hate him if you're watching wrestling for like a match and then Andre comes out and it's just like. Yeah. God, was, think, who's that Indian dude? Giant, your great Kali. Oh, great Kali. Kind of like him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some people love him, but some people are like, oh, look at this big motherfucker that's going to. He did. Supposedly like, take care of his daughter. There's that too. And then there's oh, also. Um, who, Andre? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a daughter out there. Yeah. Was, fuck uh, him. Yeah. Fuck Andre. <laughs> and then. God bless. There was, of course, there was apparently some racist things he said the bad news too. And there was also some. At least he had the balls to say it to his face. He did. I think he backed off. <laughs> oh, yeah. When bad news wants to come outside and fight you. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> I guess the N word's all good and fun until somebody wants to fight you over it. Then it's like, all right, I'll stop saying. Jesus. Yeah. Probably Andre, you're used to just fucking people backing down. But oh, yeah. The man's a giant. Yeah. The bad news, Alan, is a whole fucking other ball game there. Now, anyway. Dave, we got. We got one of your countrymen, Jesus Salas Rodriguez from the Mothership oh, Facebook group. My man. Not in any particular order. New Jack, Jim okay. Cornette. All right. Hulk Hogan. Damn. John Michaels. Oh, yeah. And believe it or not, Jose Gonzalez. I don't know who Jose Gonzalez is. You know, you know who that is. That's Invader One, man. That's Ooh. the guy who fucking stabbed Brody in the back there. I would argue that's just a straight fucking heel, but I like the rest of his list, and I think he gets it, so I'm not going to fucking totally. But although he was very popular in Puerto Rico. So, yeah. Hey, whatever. You know what? People had strong motherfucking opinions about that guy. Yeah, I mean, some would argue that, you know, he was defending his territory from Brody. I mean, I think most would just call it a straight-up assault. Murder. Yeah, I think so. I don't think that Brody was. I don't think the guy was fucking defending himself, considering Brody got stabbed in the. Whatever. I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope at this point AJ makes it back from the islands. There's gonna be like a little wire down there. They're gonna be like, "Yo, you see that white boy? <laughs> take him down. His boys are talking some shit." AJ, take the payday. <laughs> Dave's got diplomatic immunity, so he's staying alive. I'm worried for that's myself. Right, I don't need right. to I got my main man next, Reg. I mean, Randy Osga. Reg, <laughs> Reg, Randy Osga. What a hell of a claim! He's got. I mean, a hell of a list. He's got Vince McMahon, Jim Cornette, Hulk Hogan, Vince Russo. And I'm gonna give Randy some credit for this one, especially with social media and nowadays Disco Inferno. Ooh, yeah, like uh, it's a deep cut because that, that's a that real good one. one. Yeah, yeah, so. Disco. I don't even know what to say. That's got me. That's got me silent for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout Put that. Out I'm there. not at a loss for lists because I got Elliot Delap up next. He's got John Cena, Seth Rollins, the Young Bucks, and Hulk Hogan. Kind of surprised the Bucks didn't make more list. Yeah, I think, I think a lot more people are into that AEW 
thing right now and they view them more good than bad even though I mean, their heel characters are fucking atrocious well i mean pat oates was saying he didn't like to watch AEW because the bucks were spot monkeys and stuff like that and you know that was one of his things but and the jostle board is the same thing and i think sometimes AEW doesn't get a fair look as people think it's all just young bucks flying around which is obviously if you watch AEW, you know it's like a buffet, like Eric Bischoff always preached, there's many different things going on on the show. And there's storytelling, there's brawls, and there's also some matches with some high spots. I would argue the Bucks are more than just high spots too, but that's just my personal opinion. But I'm saying I think the Bucks are so polarizing by some people, it just leads to that unfair assumption. Now, Joseph, how many more lists do you have, sir? I was just about to ask you the same thing. I got one more. Oh, same here then. All right, let me wrap oh, it up. Oh, look then. at that. We... We're so good at this shit. We we're done at the same time. Like what? What? Yeah, yeah. If this was a relationship, we'd both be walking away satisfied. If you know what I'm saying. Now I got Scott we fuck from your ear holes. The, <laughs> I think the listeners are gonna walk away most satisfied. Scott from Voluntown, mm. our man. He's got Jim Cornette, Chris Benoit, Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo, and then me and him had to talk about this. And he, uh, I was oh, asking you, had to come to Jesus moment. We talked about non-wrestling personalities being included, and he said, or wrestling, uh, you know, adjacent personalities, and uh, he came up with uh, this guy who said that if we're including people that quite aren't in quite in the wrestling business, what about this guy, Dave Meltzer? Damn, Scott, you Funny broke you the list, baby. <laughs> I know what else got Dave we're Meltzer. Gonna go, <laughs> we're gonna go right into Brian Caudill's list because he has Jim Cornette. He caught ill. Dave Meltzer, oh! John Cena, <laughs> Hogan, and Vince in no particular order. And that's right. weird that Meltzer hadn't made his chance to on these lists till now. Until the last two. So let's talk about Meltzer a little bit before we get to this final list. Meltzer, you know, people love Dave too because Dave is that guy that when before there was the internet, he was the closest thing you had side source. And he's talking to people that's the heart of the matter too. And we're going to get to why people hate Dave, but he is a fan. He's clearly a fan who watches a shit ton of fucking wrestling. A fan um, and a reporter. Yeah. Now that being said, Dave's reporting always factual as he made mistakes, as he said, them, <laughs> as he said some questionable things. Yeah. 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 And all that. But I will say this. Plus he's in a reporter in a business that almost akin right. to the mafia. They don't, like their business getting out there. The whole thing's supposed to be a work and he's peeking behind that curtain, giving you right. those behind the scenes. And mm -hmm. there is a huge faction of people that don't like it. My personal opinion is Dave's opinion. doesn't really matter. I find them kind of interesting sometimes. Like I'll listen, like if a, a YouTube video pops up from wrestling observer, I'll like, uh, what's it about? Okay. I'll check this out. You know, and I take everything he says with a grain of salt. And some of the stuff's interesting. I like hearing some of the reviews on some things. If it was a good show, I'm like, okay, what do I have to say? But I don't fucking lose any sleep over what Dave thinks one way or the other. Plus, everyone, we're fucking adults. If you're out there getting your news, and this is a this is going to be a little sidebar. We're going to get a little political for a moment. But wherever you're getting your information, consider the source. Mm -hmm. Maybe look at a couple sources. See what's similar, what's not. Every once in a while, you'll get a bad reporter that injects a little more opinion into it. And, I mean, no matter what you think about Dave, whether he's a good source or a bad source, mm -hmm. is a source, and he's been in the game for a few years. So he's not always going to be perfect, 
But to say that he doesn't have a place in wrestling, I would say is slightly less than factual. Agreed. Now we got to figure out top three. We had, dude, we've been going on for almost an hour. I think this is our longest five three one ever. I and saw that we did have that plane ride from hell discussion, but we also yeah. had arguably the most list we've had. I know. And when you consider it, even if these motherfuckers don't know what polarizing is, <laughs> I think they do because I mean, they, look how many people did. put in list were debating it. And even the people that we didn't think were polarizing, I think we found we found something for everybody, I believe. Contributing on our list. Ricky Steeman was the only one on question stuff, but for the most part, I'm on board with all these guys. Yeah, we'll um, get his ex-wife on here. She'll give us the dirt. Dan again, that's a damn good point. Bonnie Steamboat, where you at? <laughs> all right. Now, Top Vince five McMahon. list, people. Yeah, I, I guess Vince was on enough list. I would say Hogan was on a lot of lists. Hogan, Cornette. God, yeah, Cornette, Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff. CM Punk. Against CM Punk surprisingly, man. <laughs> I'm not putting him in the final three, but I could definitely. I'm going to say that. McMahon, Russo, Hogan. Man, Russo, Hogan. All right. I mean, you could argue Cornette's in there too, but I'm going to say, all right. I'll or actually, no, Cornette instead of Russo. All right. All right. So Russo, McMahon, I'm sorry, Cornette, McMahon, Hogan. Oh, yep, Cornette All McMahon. Right. Works for me. All right. I would say Cornette gets bounced first because of these three, he's easily the most likable. Only because he genuinely owns it. Whether or not you agree with him, that is that dude. And I think that's what it is with CM Punk, too. Mm -hmm. He has a multifaceted personality, and he doesn't give a fuck which side you get that day. Well, I will, I will argue this point. If we just took a national poll, not us, but like let's say Sports Illustrated, we took as national a poll as we got could, and we got twenty. All right, so, I'll tell you what. Let's poll it with our audience. In our audience that we're speaking of, our audience is getting the poll. <laughs> Give them the poll. I'm gonna say then you're right. I'm gonna say Jim Cornette gets the buy, or, or he's getting booted, I guess. But it's kind of the buy in this category, maybe. Yeah. So, but then again, you gotta look at it too. It's not necessarily like it's most hated. It's just most divided. Yeah, um, I, I think Hogan really put himself over the top at those. I think so. Time. I think it's Hogan. I think that's the winner because I think Hogan was so fucking beloved as a legend. You would say then, Hogan over Vince. I think Hogan was so beloved by people, but then I think Hogan fucking did the fucking thing with the sex tape and the racist comments. He got so hated. Whereas I think Vince is still. He's there. I just, I, I don't know. I gave a slight nod to Hogan, I think. All right. Well, much like Randy Savage said, be You know what the music means. Be a man, Hogan. <laughs> and guys, we will talk to you again next week. You were my perfect friend. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like, 
divide the washer and dryer. They look good and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave. And today, I got independent wrestler Brandino Davis, the jack daddy of all trades. Pleasure to join us. Thank you, Brandon, having you here. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much, man. Thank you. I appreciate everything what you um, I've seen so far. So awesome. I awesome. appreciate it. Now, I just like to ask, like, kind of at the beginning, I'm assuming you were a wrestling fan. If not, I'm really curious how you got into this. But what was your fandom like, assuming you were? My first match ever was uh, Mass Transit. Oh, yeah. no shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You yeah. were there. I was there. <laughs> Six years old, I was there. Wow. So, uh, just funny story. I was at a, a dinner last night. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but we were talking about things we should have seen. And I was like a young kid, and I walked into the movie Clockwork Orange. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but remember, super yeah, seen vi- yeah, super violent movie. People I'm like, was like oh, this is old. like, it's like, oh, this is great. And you're like, oh, this is very graphic for an <laughs> yeah, movie. I'm like, I'm like six years old walking into this, but you're six years old and you're at the mass transit incident. I yeah. feel like that just takes the cake, man. Um, yeah. So I was, like, was I? No, I was, I was, I was eight or nine, eight or nine, mm-hmm. eight or nine, because I'm 34 and I suck at math. <laughs> Now, what? Well, so, what were some of your favorite wrestlers then? D'Lo Brown, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Hardy Boys, Too Cool, The Nation. I started really getting into black wrestling when I started working, which is like Ernie Ladd, Too Cold Scorpio, Tony mm-hmm. Atlas, and Rocky Johnson. Many others. Rocky, of course, Rocky Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm 44, and I had some early like I grew up in that Hogan era, but yeah. like. I remember some wrestlers before that I saw, and it's like two guys that stuck out were Jimmy Snuka, because he could fly off the top rope, and then Rocky Johnson, because he had that backflip he would do sometimes, and he'd do like the, you know, the ollie shuffle a little bit and everything, and I was like, whoa, who's this guy, you know? (laughs) A little bit of swag in the 70s. Oh, yeah. 70s and 80s. So, okay, so now obviously you're a huge fan. And then so how did you break into the business and get trained? You know, as everyone knows, you do backyard wrestling, thinking that you're a wrestler first. So let's just face that on the facts, just just out the window. I actually found out about wrestling, about this uh, promotion before it was Proving Ground. It was um, Project Zero Wrestling, and it was in Rhode Island, I think, or probably London or Pawtucket. And what was it? Blackheart told me to go to uh, RWA when Jose Perez was training out there for like a couple of weeks because I was living out in Worcester. So... It was on my senior year of college, and when I graduated, I tried to do the combine for Canada. Didn't really make it. Broke my hand in, like, really bad places. Mm. So he told me about this place in Everett called the Bell Time Club uh, from Jason Rumble and stuff like that. And before it moved to Wakefield, it was Jason Rumble, D.C. Dillinger, like, all the, like, old heads, like, Stiff Mike and all of them were there before I was there. And we moved to uh, Wakefield. Then Bo Douglas started doing ahead of the class and stuff like that. So I've been training with him off and on for like over almost 10 years. Okay. So 10 years at it, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man. Besides your hand, has there been any other, you know, any big injuries or any other injuries? Yeah, actually, I got a, I got um, stage five kidney failure. And, uh, yeah, I got 5% left, but I have a lot of fans and a lot of people that um, love and support me. And I got over like 80 counts uh, matches, but we just have to wait for the process to go through. So I will probably be out for like a year, which is going to kill me. But 
I can get back into things, work out, mm-hmm. go on a diet, like get better on my diet and stuff like that, and push myself to go to the next level. Well, hey, I mean, at least you got two. Like you got like eighty percent, right? That's that's huge. No, 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 not eighty. I got eighty matches. Match. Holy I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. That's huge. Still, I mean, great. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're just playing the waiting game right now, man. Yeah, does COVID slow that down a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was very uh, hard to like to t- uh, tell people because I'm very like secretive to my personal life. And uh, the doctor told me it was a good idea to do it anyway. So I was like. Hey, you in the shop. My my mom posted something and I posted something and it was right. like shared like over like twelve hundred views. So and shares. So that's pretty I'm blessed for that. Yeah, so it kind of shows the good side of social media a little bit. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. Right. Unlike the I like the cancel chapter. Uh, cancel or just a, the toxic culture of just being in the comments sometimes, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I just sit sometimes I'd be like eh, mm-hmm. No, yeah. no. Like the wrestle, I was joke around like like with the WWE, AEW, and like I love the fact there's more wrestling now. But man, sometimes you hang out on Twitter and you look in those comments, and it's like, oh, all right, I gotta get out of here. I can't hang out. You're <laughs> triggering me. Yeah. You're triggering me, sir. <laughs> now, from uh, you know a standpoint as a performer, as a competitor, when you get in the ring to get in the zone, I sometimes I like to ask this. I'm just curious. Do you have like uh, a routine? Is there anything you do before, like maybe before a match or anything? Yeah. So it's just going to sound weird. I'm really into music. So I do like a thing called like the Karma of the Storm. First, I listen to lo fi um, hip hop beats before the, like an hour we had. Then to like rap, into like death metal before like the end of uh, beginning of my match. So I could just get really pumped up. That's what I used to do in football. So it was one of those things like, don't want to over you psyched up, how yeah. psych yourself up, but like just pace yourself then when I feels like, like a record. go ahead i was almost like you're almost telling a story like you know you're starting off slow too like you're you know, yeah. yourself off yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to you have to that's awesome now i also if i'm right you can tell me this i believe you're a graphics art designer too i'm a video game designer and um computer animation okay now have you been able to use that in uh, pro wrestling at all too no but I'm, I'm thinking about doing that in my time and just figure something out i have ideas but Gotta see how it grows. So this is like another, just another passion of yours, then. Yeah, yeah. It's video games, wrestling, and football. <laughs> Dude, it's good to have many irons in the fire too. So yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Have you ever thought about? I don't know if you do. Have you ever thought about doing podcasting and stuff too? I know. Uh, I was thinking about doing like a video game channel for like competition wise. Like I'm a huge fighting fan, um, fighter uh, RPG, but I'll play anything. Mm-hmm. I, I have like at least I think like nine or ten systems. Okay. And um, and I'm built to build like uh, another one with my tower. I call it Topanga, and um, because she's beautiful and white. Topanga. No, she, she, <laughs> she's she's legit. No, she's legit like a big, like a nice slim like white case. So I'm like, I love it. Topanga. I'm like, let me just name her Topanga. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's I'm gonna awesome. get an arcade uh, stick that's gonna have like over like ten thousand games. Put on my like forty two inch screen over here. That's and awesome. Do, what what are some of the other promotions you worked for? I worked for uh, Limitless, uh, Let's Wrestle, NW, uh, APW, uh, Big Time Wrestling, um, New York Championship Wrestling, a couple other promotions. Okay, so you definitely been around. Oh, and Bell Time and Bell Time and UFO. Those were my first stepping stones. Were mm-hmm. those two? So without them, I wouldn't be grateful. No. Now, 
What would you consider, the, as a performer, as an entertainer, the tougher aspects of pro wrestling for yourself? Criticism. Okay. You, you're, you, you have to realize you're a, you're a grown-ass man, and you have, you're going to get criticized throughout the wrestling, your wrestling career or whenever you want to do it. And swallowing your pride sometimes is the hardest thing to do, especially with me when I play football and I'm just I'm overly prideful. If it doesn't show, but I'm really prideful. But I had to learn in the early in the early um, years of my wrestling career that it's just it's okay to get critiqued because you can think that you're amazing, but like if the workers don't think that you're amazing, then there's something wrong. And that's okay to do it. It just is a way to say it. If you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying, yeah. Like like everyone had a bad match. Like let's face it, everyone had a bad match. But it's how you adapt and how you build up on that. No, a thousand percent. That makes sense. I think that's a great life lesson too. Just sometimes being able to take criticism and develop tough skin is like such a huge thing to like move yeah. forward. I think almost in any profession, like just know that like, hey, I might be wrong, <laughs> right? You know? Like I, that's why I wasn't really like into like politics. Cause I'm like, listen, this is like two sides of bat. Like this, eh, I'm, yeah. I'm the middle guy. I'm just gonna be in the middle and just watch what happens. Like, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, you have people that like that still have like say, yeah, Trump still won. I'm like, dude, just take the L. I'm like, that's <laughs> like, just take, just do it solid. We we get it. You're very passionate, but like, God damn it, dude, just take the L. Hey, man, I will tell you one thing. One thing about like this whole politics in the last, especially we'll go eight years. <laughs> it really shined a light to me on how politics in particular but other things are so much like pro wrestling sometimes oh my god it's like <laughs> yeah. how can i describe it it is like watching bobby the brain heating mm-hmm. <laughs> okay bobby the brain heating against teddy long yes right <laughs> hey. i know and I, I try to tell somebody i'm like whether you believe it or not i'm like and i'm not trying to get too political here right? but i'm like yeah. this guy's speaking in sound bites I was like, he's cutting promos, and he's going to his target audience. Like, if this was the old territory days, he's finding oh his area where Donald he's Trump, Donald Trump was notorious. Like, they say, pause, <laughs> yeah. that I do not support the African-American community. Right. But I tell them to stand down. And I'm like, oh, I'm now intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I definitely, that's one thing I definitely, I guess it's shined a light on. I was like, oh my God, how much fucking life is like pro wrestling? And then I think somebody was on Rogan one time too, and they were talking about kayfabe. And I'm like, really? Is this happening? Like kayfabe? <laughs> Holy shit. But I remember uh, that I, when that's, I was little. <laughs> I, I love, I, I think there's a shirt that uh, is out there somewhere. I know I've seen it online too, where life is fake, pro wrestling is real. And after like watching the stuff in the last, like, you know, last eight, 10 years in particular, I'm like, ah, God, that hits home now, you know? Like, cause I'm that's like, really, I like, get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hey, like, God damn it. Now, do you prefer when you're wrestling like tag matches or single matches? Any preference? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I am um, in one of the tags for Let's Wrestle called The Stigma with Eric Johnson, which we are the first ever uh, tag champions and so uh, defending it. But I don't know how that's going to happen when I'm out for a year. But singles, I like to learn. So it doesn't really matter. Like, I'll do scrambles, but I'm not a fan of them. But you just have to deal with the I deal with a lot of stuff in the ring even when your booking's not there you'd be like oh yeah I'm working this dude I know what he does last minute he's not there you have to work someone else mm-hmm. like fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah I imagine especially on the indies yeah right that must happen a lot 
Yeah. That, that, that makes me wonder. I want to ask this because I don't think it happens as much now, but you've been around for 10 years. Have you had somebody ever try to take liberties with you? Right. Uh, you don't have to name few, names, but yeah. A few times. One was, um, was, uh, he said, she said the other time I defended myself, but like, I, I, I'm a, I'm like, I'm, like I said, I'm a grown man. If you want to be cocky, that's fine. If you want to like try to be a little me, that's, that's fine. Just don't get mad if I swing back. But I'm not gonna do in the I'm not gonna do in the ring. But I'm, like we'll talk like men because we have to like have a, like a conversation. It's like oh, if I over hit you, like if I over if I was stiff to you, bro, I apologize. That's on me. If I did that receipt, that's on me. It feels like an understandable like my bad. I get yeah. it. But if there was someone like trying to target me, I defended myself. Sure, that makes sense. I actually was talking to a. Uh young lady Amber Nova on here one time and she had mentioned to me that she actually takes like martial arts training and part of it is because sometimes when you're in the ring she said especially if you're there with people who are green too sometimes you have to get control of the situation <laughs> and she said it can get rough no I, like like I used to grapple too so I, I like this sometimes I have to put a hold on my guy yeah I, yeah I saw I think it was an old footage too I think it was like Mike Rotundo and uh, you might have seen it made the rounds. Like I think it was a wrestler named Death Row who looked very green. I mean, there, and suddenly you see Rotundo just kind of takes the guy down, and it's it's not really making sense. And then in the middle of it, he just shoots like a half Nelson and turns him over and pins him because the guy was a big guy. But Mike obviously had this like really big amateur background, and you could just see in the middle of it, it was like an old WCW Worldwide. He's like, no, we gotta <laughs> take this home. <laughs> All right, um, we were left five minutes ago, and we're taking it home. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> now, you had to do anything. I never really asked this. I'm kind of always kind of curious. So, like on the independent circuit, do you have to do anything usually as yourself to promote yourself out there? And, oh uh, yeah, you're networking. You are networking. Mm -hmm. uh, it's word of mouth. You just have to be like have a big. You have to be a business person. You legit have to be a business person. You, your name is your business. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to figure that out, but like your name is your business. So if you want to like to go out there. You have to like put your name out there. You have to do what it has to like be done. Sell merch. They like, put like internet like uh, work in, so which I'm working on right now. But you know, life hits me with a ton of bricks, so that's on hold right now. But once I'm better, I'm gonna do a lot more uh, media and stuff like that. Yeah, no, understandable, man. Now, just out of curious, so far, what would you say have been some career highlights for you? Working in front of uh, 2,900 people in Altoona, Pennsylvania with the Nasty Boys. And winning the tech, winning the championship for my, like, the trainees I've been, uh, not the training, but train area I worked at was uh, the VCW and the Lutch Wrestle Tag Champions. So That's pretty cool to wrestle people you grew up watching on TV, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I ask usually people, you know, if there are any goals they got, I know I'm guessing the goal is just to right now get better and get well, but anything else you want to add, go right ahead. My goal is just to get signed in two years, two to three years. I've been, and like I, I was really like shocked when I found out about the kidney situation. I'm like, oh, I'm too old. But I came to realize there's people who are like 37 who's just getting signed and stuff like that. So I'm going to be optimistic and uh, push myself after I get the healing process done. So my goal is, is New Japan or like WWE. Thousand percent, man. And you know, a lot of times too, I see it sometimes in like mixed martial arts too. People will end up getting injured, and you'll see them like on a, um, an analyst desk, and they come back as better fighters and stuff. So I mean, obviously, you could use this time, I'm sure, and you know, whether it's just 
studying or whatever, you can learn, I'm sure, and come back even stronger and have other aspects. What about Steve Austin, right? The guy broke oh. his neck, and then he was like, that was like the best like career reserves he had. He just came out there stunning people every week. So yeah, yeah that was, that was a, that's what I'm trying to do, man. It just takes one step at a time. Absolutely, yeah. Well, man, I wish you the best of luck. Thank uh, you, brother. Yeah, maybe in a year time we'll get an interview back and see yeah, how everything's going. Yeah, and, man, uh, anytime. I, I, I'm, I'm very, it's very cool. To hear I'm, I like your attitude, and I'm, I'm think, I'm sure you're gonna do well, and I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious to follow you. Now, I just before I let you go, though, is there any social media or anything you want to promote? Yes, uh, Brandino Davis at Facebook.com, the Jack Daddy seventy three on Instagram, and Jack, and also on Twitter. Um, pretty soon, I will be making my Twitch account for video games and stuff like that. Uh, it'll probably be called um, the Jack Daddy Network and um, see how that goes with my time off. Sounds good. Man's making the best of everything. Brandino, thank you so much, sir. It's a pleasure Thanks, Jack. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 